0: welcome back friends. It's another episode on change and I want to talk today about why change can actually be so hard and it's not just for me personally why change in my life might be hard but it's also a- another way of adding an extra dose of humility as we watch other people and we desire things to be different for them and again maybe we, there's even an arrogance in us trying to impose on other people's stories what their change should look like. But I want to offer us a lens to look through about why change can just be so radically difficult even as we watch other people struggle we want things to improve in their life and Perhaps there's reasons why staying the same or not changing is actually more beneficial for them than a change might be. And so we're going to talk about why change is just so difficult, both in our personal stories and in the stories of people that we love and in the stories of people that we get to walk with. And one of the starting points is that, and I use this verbiage often with clients who are going through some sort of transition, change can be incredibly hard because first we might know what we're walking away from. So we know what we don't like, we know what we don't want to be true anymore, we know what we would benefit from if we did make a change. But sometimes when we don't know what we're actually walking towards, it can get really, really confusing or really frustrating. And I'm going to use an anecdote in a little while to demonstrate that particular issue, but if we're going to change something, we usually have to replace what we're giving up with something that's more healthful. And that journey in and of itself can be really difficult. We might not know what a better alternative is, We might not have figured out yet what we want to be true going forward. We might have to yet identify the practices that would best lead to health or best be in our change story. And so sometimes just the uncertainty of what a next right move is, it can make the process of change actually quite difficult. But it's not just at the superficial level. It's not just we don't know what to do next for some of us. Sometimes it's at more of a subconscious level. So if let's say I'm trying to give up a strategy that's no longer serving me well, let's say I'm trying to soothe in some way or I have some impulsivity running. I have to start asking myself, why is this the strategy that I employ? Why did this strategy at one time feel needed? And so then if I'm going to change, I have to start to ask, well, have I outgrown my need for this strategy? Have I matured and am deciding to do things in a new way? Have my needs actually changed? Have my goals changed? Have I learned to meet this need in a different way, in a more healthful way? If I'm unable to make change, Then I have to start asking myself, what is it about this particular behavior where there's a benefit to me? What's the benefit of staying the same? What am I gaining by not changing my thinking or by not changing my habits or by not changing my behaviors? So let's start at the very basic example of losing weight. And I know all of the best practices. I know that calories in, calories out. I have to eat in a caloric deficit. I might have to move my body more so I can increase my caloric deficit. And I'm doing all of the things, but let's say I'm not actually getting the outcomes that I want. I'm not meeting the goals that I've decided upon. Or let's say I've lost the weight and then I get to a certain point and then I immediately start to regress. And there's nothing in my awareness that indicates why I make these choices or why I engage regressive behaviors. I think sometimes we have to take it a little bit of a, a step further or go a little bit deeper. Let's say I've met certain weight goals and now the way I look has started to morph. Then perhaps at a subconscious level, I'm wondering what's the cost of looking this way? What's the attention I might garner from taking off excess weight? What are the situations I might find myself in where I don't have skills built to have boundaries, or to be assertive, or to be protected. So weight has been a solution for me for a while. It's helped me avoid getting attention. It's helped me not have to confront skills deficits. If I meet a new goal, if I get to where I want it to be weight-wise, what's the cost? For others, the last 10 pounds is anxiety displacement. So let's say perhaps I'm I'm adamant this time I'm going to go out and I'm going to lose the 10 pounds, and on Monday I start my my structured style of eating, but I've given it up by Thursday, I would walk with my client through what else might be going on. One of the things that happens in many people's stories, what if they lose the weight? And what if when they've lost the weight, they still feel discontented? Then they'll have to deal with a new reality. It was never about the weight. It was never about that last 10 pounds because I got to where I wanted and I still feel discontented. Perhaps I'm disconnected in my marriage. Perhaps I'm feeling a pervasive sense of unfulfillment with my life and I was able to look at 10 pounds and call that the problem. But I knew that if and when I landed at losing that last 10 pounds, I'd have to acknowledge weight. It's deeper than that. It's never been about the weight. For some, there's social ramifications for losing the weight. So I have a client whose mom gets incredibly adversarial when she thins out. So she loses the weight and she gets mom's scorn. Usually she regresses pretty quickly. She puts the weight back on and suddenly she and mom have a good relationship again. And so client understands she doesn't like the weight, but what she doesn't like even more is how her mom treats her when she experiences success in her weight loss. And so she keeps the weight on so she avoids needing to learn skills like boundary setting and like conflict management. So often she chooses to stay unhealthy until she can't anymore. She feels that it's important to lose the weight. She'll prioritize it. But as soon as she gets to her goals and she feels mom scorn, she regresses almost immediately. And it doesn't make logical sense because it's an emotional issue. Worrying about your physical safety isn't a logical thing, it's an emotional issue worrying that once I lose the last 10 pounds I'm going to have to deal with the the distress of having an unfulfilling life that's not a logical thing that's an emotional issue so perhaps having excess weight in these scenarios isn't about having excess weight it's about a distraction or it's about safety in relationships or it's about being able to avoid relationships because relationships feel unsafe in and of themselves so Often when there's a behavior that we want to change, it's not about that behavior. What has that behavior become a solution for? And as I said at the onset with my client who is worried about her relationship with her mother, she knows what she's walking away from. That doesn't scare her. But the uncertainty of what she's walking towards, the uncertainty of how do I navigate this issue with my mother, how do I get the skills built where mom's criticism isn't so immobilizing, that's terrifying for her. It's just easier to go through the behavior of losing the weight and gaining it, losing the weight and gaining it, instead of trying to adopt the new skill sets of boundary setting, or perhaps creating distance between she and her mother. Because that's an incredibly painful thing to do. Now, that's that's some of the things we can navigate when there's things in our story that are maybe confusing us. We can dive in deep and say, okay, what's the payoff to engaging in this behavior or keeping this particular lifestyle? But I want to take it one step further and ask us to think through what if someone else isn't making a change that we know would be good for them? What is it about their choices that they're clinging to them and they're protecting them? and they're demanding that things stay the same in their life because again, they might not know what they're walking towards and that could be incredibly scary. So I have a client and he has left his church recently and he feels a burden and a frustration with family members who are staying inside of this church, this this former church of his. And he feels that it's almost like a cult atmosphere that runs and, and he uses that word quite often in session. And so he and I start to to navigate this and I start to ask him, okay, Why did you stay as long as you did? You were there for 10 years. What kept you entrenched in this for 10 years? And then we ask, okay, what helped you leave? Because you finally decided that the cost of leaving was worth it. But for a while, for 10 years, there was benefits in staying. What were those benefits? And then I ask him to think, what are the benefits to your parents or to your siblings who are staying? Because they're perceiving there's benefits there, and that's why they're staying. Or they're perceiving the cost of leaving is too high, and that's why they're staying. And so, and, and I ask him, I say, okay, you're wrestling with this frustration with mom and dad. You've left after 10 years of feeling wounded and observing not good things going on in this church. But I said, could you imagine the strength it would take, To raise a family in this church, to sit there for 30 years, to sit there and these are your community people and these are your friends and you've had loyalty for three decades. Can you imagine the strength it would take to dismantle that? Can you imagine the amount of time that it would take to dismantle that? Could you imagine how terrifying it would be to dismantle that? Because even if you walk away from them, you don't know what you're walking towards. You don't know what the alternative is. Because if you're being wounded after a 30-year commitment to a cause or a 30-year commitment to a community you're going to be very terrified to walk into a new community and and dedicate a large chunk of life to what? Finding out that they might be the wrong fit too? Finding out that they might be con artists too? Finding out that they might be inappropriate too? That's a terrifying thing. So while it sounds easy to leave, and, and it's not easy to leave, and it wasn't easy for him to leave, but I said imagine how much more complex it would be for people who have spent decade after decade in this same community To say that this community is wrong would take great feats of humility and great depths of grieving and it would take great strength to leave and it took you all of those things after 10 years for them to dismantle 30 years committed to this posture. It would be all the more difficult. It doesn't mean they can't do it and it doesn't mean that at some point they're not willing to pay that price. They might. They might shock you. They might move along. And you, my client, can witness to them what it looks like to transition and find new community and start over again. You can do that. You can be the model for them. But to ask them to do it on your timeline or to ask them to do it at all, it's just not an equivalent experience to what you're going through because they would need to dismantle over half of their adult life by admitting that this was not an appropriate choice or this has morphed into an inappropriate choice. And that takes a lot of humility. They might know what they're leaving, but what would they replace it with? And that is a radical, radical place that someone has to come to to say my last 30 years or my last 35 years or my last 40 years might not have been for my benefit. They might not have been the best choice. And there's a huge process of dismantling and unlearning and grieving that has to happen So we have to give space and grace in that process. The main takeaway for today, if you're unable to make a change, it's important to explore it. There are benefits to staying the same and there are costs to change. There are also benefits to changing, but sometimes it's a whole lot to navigate and it can be really immobilizing for a season. So dive in and explore it if you want to change, if you want something new, and if it feels less than possible, we might need to look beneath the surface. It's not just about, hey, I'm not lazy or I'm not motivated or I'm not willing, sometimes it's far beyond that. Sometimes it's it's disorienting how much would be demanded of us or required of us if we did decide to make a change, a change that we genuinely want. And we have to be so gentle with others if they're not moving at the same pace or in the same direction that we want to be true for them. Because making ty- those types of changes, making big shifts in our life can be really, really difficult. And it might not be stubbornness. It might not be laziness. It might not be bullheadedness. Perhaps Perhaps there's a lot of fear running. Perhaps there's a safety to staying in place. Perhaps there's far more that meets the eye than what we see when we look at a situation because change is hard. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at HealingThroughPain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.